This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I am your host, Brandy Stark, and on this episode we are going to talk about the Tanuki, the raccoon dog of Japanese yokai folklore. So, just be aware that throughout this episode I will have a background audience of sleeping Stark Clan Pug Pack members, and so as per most of these episodes, you will get to hear a lovely peanut gallery in the background. Despite their snoring, this episode should be fairly interesting because one ability of the Tanuki is to shapeshift its nether regions, in specific its male parts. So if that doesn't get your interest, I'm not sure what will. We will get started with this topic right after these messages. You know that feeling when you go to clean the litter box and it's a complete disaster? Yeah, we've got you covered. Introducing World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the advanced litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. Zero Mess combines the concentrated power of corn with super-absorbent plant fibers. Translation, scoop once and you're done. Find it at a pet store near you and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark, and for this episode, we are... Oh, we're dealing with yokai. I think this is episode five or six now. So, hooray. The yokai are kind of interesting. They are very difficult to describe. So, if you have heard any of the prior episodes, then you have heard my description. In general, just to recap, they are the moments between time, the unexplained supernatural feelings that we have with life. They are the mysterious movers of objects and sounds. They are urban legends. They are ghost stories. They are animal spirits. They are kami helpers. You name it, that's what they are. And in fact, uh, one other yokai, since I can insert a few human ones in here, includes uh, a pretty interesting figure, which is the pillow mover yokai. So when you wake up and you discover that your pillow is at your feet, that is a yokai. That is a spirit that is messing with you. There you go. And actually, it turns out that there's a theory behind this, and that is that in Buddhist folklore, Buddha died with his head to the north. And so lying to with your head to the north essentially was considered a death pose. It was, you know, kind of tempting the fates you were going to die. And so people did not sleep in that direction. They oftentimes slept with their head to the south. And so finding your pillow or your entire body swapped around because sometimes these yokai will move you, not just your pillow which gets even creepier. But they're kind of pranksters. They're not malicious, but it's kind of one of these things that's supposed to shock you when you wake up. So there you go. This entire series of episodes is actually inspired by students from my college. I taught an IDS 1106 course, co-taught it actually with another professor. This course consisted of Intro to Humanities and Comp 1, 
both of which can be kind of tedious to teach and to study, except that my co-professor suggested we do something like a man, myth, monsters, and magic type of class lens. And so we talked about all sorts of monsters. I got to talk about my ghosts. I was very happy and animal ghosts and werewolves. It was fun. And at the end, the students had group projects, and one of those projects included the yokai. And so one of the students suggested I get the book of yokai, Mysterious Creatures of Japanese Folklore from University of California Press, which I did, and man, oh day, do they have yokai. What I do love is that I posted on the Paranormal Pets Facebook page, and somebody responded to me and said, if you're doing episodes on yokai, you will be doing them forever. That is actually not my goal, but it is kind of a fun series, and as long as I have the resources and the time, uh, I'm trying to work ahead a little bit for 2017. 2016 sucked massively, with the exception of the art, which actually, knock on wood, did pretty well. The rest of 2016, I'm not so sure about. And I don't know what it is. As I said, I've talked to others, other artists. Uh, I've gone to other art events. And it's just like everybody is over 2016. They're just tired. They're burned out. And it seems to be, my description of it is that uh, it's this series of emotional pendulum swings. And usually for every one good swing that you get, there are two bad. So within the same week, I found out, you know, things like my art was going into Emily Arena. And then they changed all the deadlines on the thesis. And I was not going to be ready and would not graduate with another graduate degree this semester. I have never missed a thesis deadline. But you know what? Technically, I've already got six degrees, including a doctorate, so I just decided to give myself a break, but it still felt weird, and I felt very uninspired this year, so I'm hoping that 2017, at least maybe the inspiration will be back and we'll have a little fun. So with all of that being said, let us take a look at the Tanaki, or the Tanakai, depending on how you want to say it. I will warn you, my pronunciations, as with every episode, are probably terrible. I speak, <laughs> I think I speak English, I'm not sure. I know I speak pug. These pugs are saying go to bed, lady, but it is only 10.24 p.m., and no, we're not going to bed this early. So the Tanaki, according to the book of Yokai, is a raccoon dog and is among the most common yokai. Folk tales and legends about them are found throughout Japan, and the Tanaki or Tanakai have been long present in literature and art, in children's book, and most recently in films, anime, manga, video games, and advertising. Generally, they are characterized as supernatural trickster figures, often comical and mischievous, but not necessarily murderous, though in some narratives they come across as vicious. Tanaki are real animals. In English, they are sometimes called badgers, or more accurately, raccoon dogs. They are small, primarily nocturnal omnivores, mammals, that look like a cross between a raccoon and a possum. Native throughout East Asia, Tanaki have spread through Scandinavia and much of Northern Europe. They have a high rate of reproduction, as well as the ability to eat human-made foods and live close to human settlements, so they are very much like raccoons. The Tanaki is a beast of the borders, ecologically skirting the line between culture and nature. The trait of the animal Tanaki are reflected in its yokai image. Tanaki seem to exist simultaneously in this world and the other world. In folklore, they are tricksters, often portraying a bumbling and pot-bellied figure with a penchant for drinking sake, changing shape, and impersonating Buddhist monks. One of the Tanaki's most famous characteristics is its gargantuan scrotum, 
remember what I said at the beginning, which it employs for all sorts of creative shape-shifting. Numerous woodblock prints and other images illustrate the power of this magnificent paraphernalia. Accordingly, in contemporary Japan, tanuki are fertility symbols, sign of prosperity and good fortune, and they are posted in front of restaurants, bars, and sake shops, which is kind of an interesting idea. The first documented appearance of the tanuki-like creature is in the Nohoshoki, which is called a Majuna. During the Hien and Kamakura period, Sanaki started appearing in Setsuwa. Tales from Uji, for example, includes a story in which a mountain hermit, after years of deep devotion, begins to receive nightly visits from a Bodhisattva Vujin on his white elephant. One evening, a hunter who brings food to the hermit is invited to witness the holy vision. When this figure appears in a beautiful light, the hunter is suspicious. Why would he, a killer of animals, be permitted this glimpse of the divine? And so he fits an arrow and shoots at the image. The light goes out and a crashing sound is heard. In the morning, a hunter and hermit follow a trail of blood to the bottom of a ravine where they find a dead tanuki with an arrow in its chest. They are often associated with foxes or kitsune, and in some cases the creatures are interchangeable which is interesting. And of course, we did two episodes on the kitsune because they are also incredibly popular. They do tend to be slight and dangerous creatures that assume the shape of seductive women, in which tanuki actually take on pudgy monk shapes or other not-so-seductive figures. So the foxes are foxes, whereas the raccoon dogs are more raccoon dogish in their shape-shifting abilities. So we'll go from this resource to another for a few minutes. This is the, oh, the one website that I have a really hard time saying, Hayakimonogatari Kadankai website, translated Japanese stories and tales of the weird and strange. This was posted August 30th of 2013, and you can find it at H-Y-A-K-U-M-O-N-O-G-A-T-A-R-I.com. Ooh, let's hope this coffee holds out. Okay. I'm going to warn you that both of these articles start off the same. This one, I have another one, and then we'll go back and look at the book a little bit more. Who's got big balls? Tanuki have big balls. And yes, that is actually how this starts out. Anyone who has seen Studio Gibaldi's Pom Poco knows that the Tanukis nutsacks are capable of amazing magical feats from being stretched out into giant trampolines essentially into transforming into magical treasure ships and the japanese people aren't shy about their love of the <clears throat> these abilities images of well-endowed tanuki can be seen all over japan from statues in front of shops which has got to be interesting to restaurants and bank commercials to anime and pretty much everything else and there's this wonderfully classic image i guess of the tanuki army preparing to fight and they have made parachutes from their scrotum. That is something I have to say. Along with the insects, I did not think I would learn. All right. So what does Tanuki no Kintama mean? That is the name of this page. Tanuki gets mistranslated into English as all sorts of things, mostly badger or raccoon or the idea of the raccoon dog. None of these really fit. Badgers and raccoons have their own Japanese names. The raccoon dog doesn't really mean anything, so I personally just like sticking with the Japanese name. Tanuki works better than anything else. Now on to the genitalia. The common Japanese word for testicles is kintama, which translates literally as golden balls. In Japan, large testicles, or a large scrotum to be precise, are a symbol of wealth and prosperity, not sexual prowess. An alternate name, kinubukuro, 
makes the connection even stronger. And that word, by the way, means money bags. Even more so when you consider that the Tanuki scrotums were once sewn into wallets and carried as literal money bags, you can certainly see that connection. And while Kintama might just be slang, and in the Tanuki's case, these golden balls actually have historical precedence. Ah, <sighs> the things we learn. If there are any children listening, this would probably be a good time, you know, to stop. Maybe about five or ten minutes ago, you might want to skip this episode. It doesn't get too much worse, but it's just, in the West, we are so repressed on these sorts of things, and in uh, the East, they're not quite so repressed. As yokai, Tanaki are known to have several magical powers and interesting traits. They are henge shapeshifters with the abilities on par with and sometimes even exceeding those of Kitsune, the foxes, and the most powerful of Japan's magical animals. Tanuki are famous for their belly drums and their love of sake, food, and generally being lazy, loafing tricksters of Japanese folklore and their scrotum. Now, I'm going to pause here for a second just to kind of insert the idea of a trickster figure oftentimes is a trickster figure who is highly sexualized. Loki is a shapeshifter. He goes from male to female. I think at one point, doesn't he give birth, if I'm not mistaken, as a female? And I think Marvel Comics even picked up on the female notion. So he started showing up as this hot babe in some of the comics. You do end up with uh, Coyote, for example. It's still one of my very favorite stories of Coyote, the trickster figure, but there was a village that was having a fertility problem. The women were not getting pregnant. And so Coyote comes in, you know, kind of decorated as a, a shamanic figure from another tribe and says, hey, I hear there's this sacred tree up yonder. And if the women straddle a certain branch, they become pregnant, in which he also then bores a hole into the tree trunk and inserts himself as that special branch. And so, lo and behold, the fertility rate skyrocketed. But that's what a trickster figure does. They move things along, and they are fairly enigmatic. We may not understand their logic or why they're doing what they're doing, and it may be good or bad. It doesn't always have to be bad. It doesn't always have to be good. They're very gray area figures. Loki is depicted as a villain, and yet he is necessary for everything, right? He is necessary to create a force for which the other gods work against. I mean, they're, they're incredibly important. So Coyote or the Trickster or Anansi or whoever it is that you see as this figure, they do tend to be fairly important. But they also deal with kind of the naughtiness, right? The naughty things that we don't want to talk about, the things that we don't want to deal with. And that is their medium. And that's why they are so cool. And that's why this guy is fun. All right. As yokai, tanuki are known to have several magical powers and interesting traits. Okay, we did that. The familiar tanuki that we know today with the prodigious belly, straw rain hat, sake bottle, and pendulous testicle is relatively a modern invention. It actually comes from the 20th century. Early depictions of the tanuki show a realistic animal. Japanese tests are almost completely mum on the tanuki for most of history. There are mentions of a mythical animal associated with the tanuki in some areas from around the 8th century, and that's about it. They appear in early encyclopedias starting in the 1600s, like the 1666 Kinmozui, the collected illustrations to instruct the unenlightened by Nakamura, these early works are, uh, excuse me, Nakamura Tekasai, I guess I should say his full name there. These early works are only collections of animals and rarely mention Tanaku's supernatural powers. One of the earliest mentions of a Tanaku as a magical creature comes from the Wakan Sanasi Su, compiled by Terajima Royan, 
a doctor from Osaka. The Tanuki entry does not go into detail, but states that, like a kitsune, the old Tanuki will often transform into a yokai. And then we find other entries. 1776, there's another one. The description of the Tanakis evolved slowly with new stories adding el- new elements and transforming them slowly from the realistic animals to the cartoonish figures seen all over Japan today. The big round stomach of the accompanied belly drummer didn't become uh, attached to the Tanuki lore until the 18th century. Several stories of Tanuki's belly drumming appear around this time, although the famous Scrotum are still their regular size. They didn't develop elephantitis. This guy's funny. Until later. Okay, and let's see. Oh, Owaka Shiego traced the origins of the Tanaki's magical scrotum in his book about Japanese metalworking. You gotta watch those metal artists, I'm telling you. Knowledge about steel. He claims that the myths began from goldsmiths and metalworkers in Kanazawa, In order to turn malleable gold into delicate gold leaf, they would wrap the gold in animal skin and pound it into thin sheets. They discovered that a certain part of the animal was the best for this business. In biological terms, tanuki scrotums are rather large. This is an evolutionary trait to help the randy male succeed in the fierce competition for mates. And from a metalworking perspective, tanuki scrotums were both soft and strong enough that they could take the heavy pounding and stretch out to an extraordinary size. It was said that using tanuki scrotum, even a small piece of gold, could be stretched out into an eight tatami mat big sheet of gold leaf, which apparently is pretty big. Because of this, tanuki scrotums became known for their ability to stretch money and make it go further. Savvy marketers started telling tales of the magical properties of the tanuki scrotum, selling them as good luck charms and wallets, telling buyers that the scrotums would expand their wealth in the same way they stretched nuggets of gold into massive sheets. This association between wealth and tanuki testicles continues to this day. In modern times, tanuki are said to embody eight virtues with their large scrotum signifying luck with money. Oh, my, my, the things we continue to learn. And so with some of this scrotum knowledge now rolling around in your head, and hopefully without my producer getting too upset with me at this point, we are going to pause and we are going to allow for some commercials to be inserted. And then we'll come back and we will finish our rather naughty scrotum talk. I mean, I have to say, you know, it doesn't matter how many degrees you have. Sometimes it's stuff like this that just makes learning so worthwhile. We'll be right back after these messages. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged friend? Or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park? Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories. Party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photoprop kits include funny glasses and hats. The party supplies and decorations include coordinating table covers, party banners, cake decorations, and treat bowls, cups, and bags. Everything you need to create great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. <laughs> dot com. 
to hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. I am your host, Brandy Stark. Hello, and we are talking about scrotum. Yes, we are. Tanaki scrotum. That's where we were leaving off in the <laughs> piece before the break. So apparently the Edo period actually took off with these ideas and really started creating these outlandish ideas of shape-shifting scrotum. There you go. And because of this, it becomes a permanent part of Japanese folklore and popular culture and then becomes an episode of Paranormal Pets. All the rest. The rest of the Tanaki's outfit, the straw hat, sake jug, and hay slip didn't show up until even more recently. The iconic image of the Tanaki that we know and love today is really a product of the Tashio era, 1912 to 1926, when more and more shops started using Tanaki for advertising or statues out in front of their shops. This article is largely sourced through the amazing website Onmark Productions. Anyone who wants to know everything about Tanaki should make that site their destination. And they actually have a lot of different resources here. The belly beating of the Tanaki, the Tanaki song, the Tanaki and the White Snake, the writing of the Tanaki, and the Fox Tanaki battles. You have to see that coming. Can two shapeshifters reside in the same mythology at the same time? We'll take a quick look at the Tanaki and the White Snake. This is one of the stories associated with this particular creature. And this is translated from the Edo Tokyo Kai. Oh, okay. Hayaku Mono Gatari. Wow. In front of the gate of Yanaka Tenno Temple, there was a barber named Hokoshi Junto, who was very fond of birds. Juno kept a great variety of birds, both large and small. But recently, when he went to feed them in the morning, he found that the birds were disappearing one by one. Somebody must be stealing his precious birds, Juno thought. So he hid himself in the dark one night to catch the culprit in the act, but he saw nothing. Well, there was no human thief. Surely this must be the handiwork of some rogue dog or cat. He resolved to shoot the beast if he ever saw it feeding on his birds. With this occupying his thoughts, Junto returned home to his bed and lay down to sleep. No sooner had his head touched the pillow than a beautiful and elegant lady of courtly bearing no more than 20 years old appeared before him. She spoke to our hero. I am the white snake who has lived in the five-story pagoda in the Yanaka Tano Temple and protected this district for more than a 100 years. I have many grandchildren who also live in this temple and protect the people. But recently, a great tanuki has come down from the Dokan Mountains and taken up residence in the temple. He has been feasting on my family, the small white snakes. Soon... He will come to eat me too. We have lived here for over a hundred years in peace, and our fear of this great tanuki is such that it cannot be expressed. When all the baby snakes have become his food, and when he is finished with me, there will be no more white snakes in the Yanaka Tenno. Not only is my family in peril, this great tanuki has also been gorging himself on the birds that you keep. He has escaped you unseen and unnoticed. So I have come to you in your dreams that I might show you your true enemy. We are helpless, and we need the power of humans to rid us of this great tanuki. If you find it difficult, to believe what I say, go to the temple graveyard in the morning and you will find the aftermath of your bird thief. I beg of you, please hurry and destroy this evil creature. With that said, our hero opened his eyes and found himself in his own room alone. A strange dream indeed, thought Junto, and worth investigating. The following morning, he went with all possible speed to the graveyard and found ample evidence of the great Tanaki's deeds. The feathers and bones of his beautiful birds were scattered carelessly about. The dream was proved beyond a shadow of a doubt, and Junko Yonko gathered the young men of the village to deliver the white snake's vengeance. The great Tanaki was discovered lurking in the temple grounds and destroyed. That's the end of the story. After all that, 
So yes, there you go. I guess they could be rather naughty sometimes. I do have one more article that we might go over somewhat quickly. The Tanaki, okay, they do a little bit of a comparison. So Tanaki and foxes are similar at first glance. They're both smallish wild canines native to Japan. They are both adaptable and successful over a wide range of habitats, including cities. If you read Japanese folklore, you'll see they both have shape-shifting powers, which they use to deceive people. They're so similar, they can even be spoken of as a kind of unit uh, using the Junko word kori, made up of the kanji for tanuki and kitsune. But tanuki and foxes also have many differences. The fox is familiar throughout the world and appears in the mythology of many countries. But the tanuki is unique to Japan. Westerners who first encountered the tanuki and the tanuki folklore totally mangled the translation of the name. To this day, most Westerners have never heard of it. The magical talents have become the kind of character you love to have a cup of sake with. He is a mischief maker and prankster, down to earth and downright body. When we get to the part about, well, anyway, we already covered that. And I don't think I should corrupt you all any further than this. The Kinitsu's connection with Shinto and association with Buddhism runs through the Tanaki mythology, but his relationship to the religion is different. It's more of a kind of sardonic commentary. Uh, when the Tanaki Bozo is seen in art, he is always well-nourished and comfortable-looking, no Zen asceticism for this guy. He does enjoy gathering together to imitate human activities. These include Buddhist rituals like funerals. They assemble in graveyards at night with lanterns imitating chants. Tanaki Bozu even copy most human of activities writing. A Tanaki claimed to be a monk, this is one of the stories, from the temple in Kyoto and was under a vow of silence so that he could only communicate by written notes. Now, the handwriting of this monk was most peculiar. He freely mixed the style of artful Chinese calligraphy and machine-printed Japanese with strange flourishes that Hiego had never seen before. There were many grammatical mistakes as well, and Hiego thought it looked like some sort of thing that a Tanaku would write. There are many stories of Atanaku writing that have been passed down through the years. They do seem to enjoy the self-important figures of human society in general for their object of mimicry. They're also said to impersonate government officials. They'll knock on your door, harassing you to pay your taxes, or they'll accuse you of some imaginary infraction of the law. If you suspect you're being pestered by a tanuki in disguise, the clues will be the same as for the kitsune. They may be somewhat luminous when transformed. If it rains, their kimonos will stay dry. Look for the tail. If the tanuki loses focus on maintaining their illusion, their tail will pop out. There is other tanuki. They do like to shapeshift into objects too. They can disguise themselves as trees, stones, lanterns, and even the moon. They do love the moon trick when the moon is out. It makes people think they've gone crazy. Tanuki also enjoy making noise. Some of these don't involve magic, which proves how much they love mischief. They frighten people at night by throwing stones at their houses. They drop buckets into wells. They clatter pots and pans. This is the very yokai part of this story. Throwing continuous rains of pebbles onto the roof of a house is another favorite. Drumming on their big bellies is something that they're famous for. In woods, they use this sound to draw people off the beaten path until they're lost. Tanuki can also imitate sounds. This makes people think they're hearing thunder and lightning, for example. The Tanuki's love of mimicry turns perilous during the Meiji period because Japan opened to the West in the later 19th century and started to develop technologically. In one example, a train conductor hears a train whistle and the shoo-shoo-po-po-po sound of another steam engine coming straight towards him. In those early days, there was only one track shared by trains going in both directions, so the conductor stops in a panic to avoid collision 
the new train ever arrives. It happens again and again until one night the conductor decides to keep going and nothing happens. The next morning he finds a dead Tanaku on the tracks. Well, of course, it was just the Tanaku enjoying imitating things, the narrator concludes. Some see this tale as an allegory of the clash between the new and traditional, between foreign and introduction of the native Japanese culture. The train was a powerful symbol of westernization. On the other hand, real dead Tanaku were found on the train tracks all the time, so who's to say that it's just a story. They will often buy things with money, which later turns to leaves. They can make people see entirely different landscapes, causing them to get lost in familiar territory. They can produce will-o'-the-wisp fire like the kitsune. They use this fire to prank people naturally. Before artificial light, it was a good way to fool a farmer into thinking he was having a whole conversation with a fellow smoking a pipe in the dark. And they think it is a hoot to make a fisherman's net feel heavy with fish and watch when they pull up empty nets. That's very yokai as well. They can get meta about this stuff. There's a legend of a tanuki who tricks a man into thinking he's watching a tanuki transform into a shamisen player. The man thinks he's got it all figured out. He knows the shamisen player's tanuki identity and plans to reveal it to the gathered crowd. But just as he's about to expose this tanuki, the man realizes he's actually looking at a horse's ass. My, my. They are tricksters. So... And there is your crash course on the yokai known as the tanuki. I hope that you have enjoyed this as much as I have. I think I have learned something with this episode as well. Let me remind you all to please support your local animal rescues, Pug Rescue Florida, Rodent Rescue, SBCA, Friends of Strays, anything that you can. Please adopt. That's a wonderful thing to do. There are plenty of animals out there that need good homes. Reminding you that if you would like to find out more about the supernatural world, please feel free to listen to our older podcasts. You are welcome to check out Spectral Musings by Brandy Stark. Uh, if you Google that on Amazon, it should come up. I think it's 99 cents on Kindle, $3.95 for the hard copy version. I may be doing a second book. We will see. A little booklet is more accurate. Please check out our website at www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com or sppipinellas.net both of them will take you to the same spot yes i have now created two ghost teams beat that anyway i am wishing you very happy hauntings and i will catch you next episode where we talk about i think we're going with the kappa hmm. take care pet life radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>